Welcome to the Ice Guys, presented by National Hockey Now. It is Tuesday, October 18th. Ian Cameron, uh, Alex B. Smith with you, ready to break down the uh, Tuesday NHL card. Scheduled to have our guest today, Brian Lee, joining us. Uh, hoping that is still the case, but uh, we'll uh, get the uh, show going uh, right now regardless. But uh, looking forward to this Tuesday card. We've got eight games on tap. We had a surprising amount of games yesterday for a Monday nine games. So we'll take a look back first at what we saw last night, uh, a couple of huge upsets. I guess that was the big headline from what we saw on Monday night. Uh, if you back the Arizona coyotes and the Montreal Canadians, you certainly have a much bigger bankroll to work with today. Uh, terrific performances in upset victories by both teams. How about the Montreal Canadians rally from a deficit yesterday uh, against the Pittsburgh Penguins, falling behind 2-0 in that game, but they come back and get the 3-2 victory uh, over the Pittsburgh Penguins. Sam Montembeau, when that game was 2-0, had to make some big saves. He did. They got a couple big uh, defensive uh, stands. Montreal got some penalties killed uh, as well that kept them in the game, and then that offense started to take over, and uh, down the stretch, uh, they got the goals they needed. Caulfield uh, is able to tie it uh, late in the third period. Uh, force overtime and then of course Kirby Doc uh, on the power play uh, gets his at first uh, as a Montreal Canadian uh, in overtime a 3-2 win and a plus 220 underdog ticket yesterday with the Montreal Canadiens cashes in which was great to see and of course with the Arizona Coyotes we talked about it I obviously had Toronto first period puck line just going back to that experiment that we've been rolling with and that's uh take the opponent in the first period on the puck line against Arizona that obviously didn't work but I also said you know it's probably worth it to take at least the plus two and a half uh, uh in puck line on Arizona because it just felt like a game that Toronto wasn't going to win easily and sure enough not only did they not win it easily they didn't win it at all uh, just a terrific performance uh, by Arizona and a horrible one by Toronto. You know, this Leaf team, they did a Leafs last night. That's what they did. The Leafs leafed. That's what they did last night. The Leafs leafed. That's exactly what the fuck they did. And this team's mental acuity is the size of a raisin. It's the size of a peanut. Their mental toughness is the size of a, a little pea. You know, that's it. That, that's what this team is right now because – they actually had a great first period, especially the first 10 minutes. They come out in that game the way you want to start the game against a team that you feel you're superior uh, against. They swarmed the Arizona net, had a bunch of offensive zone time. Uh, they carried the play. They had chances, but unfortunately, they were missing the net a lot. They were passing the puck a lot, uh, they, but they were buzzing. They were doing a good job, and the puck just wasn't going in during that 10-minute sequence, and then all of a sudden, it's like the Leafs just get into that mindset of, well, we really gave it our all in these first 10 minutes. Puck just didn't go in. Well, there she goes. Uh, let's just uh, just mail it in. Let's half-ass it uh, the rest of the night. And that's exactly what happened. The rest of the game, honestly, especially for the rest of the first period and then the second period, the Arizona Coyotes were the better hockey team. You know, they were taking the play to the Leafs. They were carrying the play. They were forcing mistakes uh, out of the Toronto Maple Leafs. Uh, and so it got worse from that point on. And then the Leafs, when they're down 2 nothing in the third period, then they decide, okay, now we're going to play a little bit because our backs are against the wall. We need to get going. And bang, bing, bang, boom, they get two quick goals to tie the game, uh, only to see a failed clearance in the defensive zone by Justin Hall. And I feel bad for that guy. He got into the good books again of Leaf fans with a big goal against Ottawa 
in the victory on Saturday night, and then he gives it away in the defensive zone, leads to the game-winning goal by Shane Goss to spare for the 3-2 Arizona win. Uh, and then there was that controversial uh, tying goal for Toronto, what was about to be the tying goal that gets taken away uh, by video review. Um, it's a 50-50 call. I don't want to hear the Leaf fans screaming today about, oh, we got screwed. That game, we took a point away from us. No, your team took a point away from you because you didn't come ready and you didn't play for 60 fucking minutes. That's why. All right. That's why you didn't get that uh, one point or two points. It's because you didn't come to play and you didn't respect your opponent. You, you, you disrespected your opponent. Things didn't go your way in the first 10 minutes when you were carrying the play. And then you just said, you know what? We gave it our all there. Tons of chances. Puck didn't go in. It's this kind of night. Uh, and sure enough, you paid the price for it. And Arizona now, a shocking stat that Arizona has picked up at least one point in every head-to-head game against the Toronto Maple Leafs. Now, these are some good Toronto teams and some bad Arizona teams over the last 20 years. Since 2002, Arizona has picked up at least one point in every head-to-head game against Toronto. How about that? Isn't that something? It just tells you. Uh, just the plight of the Toronto Maple Leafs. But uh, Alex, we'll start there, and then we'll get to some other things from last night. But obviously the two big upsets and two big dogs, Arizona and Montreal, coming through. Yeah, you know, and, and for those who are new to the program and those who are new to sports betting, this is one of the biggest reasons why we talk about avoiding giant favorites and taking shots with big-priced underdogs. Uh, except, we, you know, we saw the value on plus 2.5. I, I doubt we'll get – Minus a dollar ten on plus two and a half on anybody the rest of the season, and that's saying a lot because Arizona's still a bad team. Make no mistake about it. Uh, there's other bad teams in this league like Chicago and San Jose, but the books now are going to learn from this mistake. This is the third biggest underdog in the last fifteen plus years to to cash outright as a winner. They were its highest plus five hundred and a, a couple of books uh, around puck drop, and, and even if you waited and, and jumped in live, there's some people I saw they got six fifty. 690 uh because like i said the leafs were dominating the pace of play in the first 10 minutes they just didn't do anything on the scoreboard uh you know you got arizona escaping with the one nothing lead which like i said kiboshes both the first period over and uh team total uh, or team puck line uh fade against arizona but then like you said they just come out lifeless toronto finally gets the two goals in the third period mitch marner celebrating and, and blowing a kiss to the crowd you know, tying the game up as if he had done something major. No, you guys just tied the game up in the third period against one of the worst. I saw that. I, I couldn't believe that when I saw that. Grow yeah, up, this, kid. You yeah. you look like an eight year old kid anyway. Right. So it fits that you haven't grown up yet. Yeah, it right. fits the bill perfectly. Right. It wasn't even that it was like a great goal. I see if you like like it'd be one thing. Celebrate you. You just undressed all five defensemen and, and skated through end to end to make that goal. It was, just, it was a common goal to tie up a game against a, a weak opponent. And you're, you're out here celebrating and gloating. And sure enough, what happens? They come back. And put two more against you. Take the win. Take the win. So you know, a lot of people kind of read into the whole they haven't won in there in twenty years or haven't beat Arizona in twenty years. That it's kind of a skewed stat because if you think about how infrequently these two teams played between two thousand two and and basically 2015-2016 with the 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 revamping of the conferences and divisions over time, but still, it, it's this is the kind of thing that you know. When, when people say, oh, you know, the Leafs, when are they going to break the curse? When are they going to get over the hump? Well, it's shit like this that causes us to go on here and say, you know, I don't think the Leafs have it yet. We don't think the Leafs have it yet because they can't put away these teams. You have to win these teams if you want to be 
consider a true Stanley Cup contender, a viable playoff team year in and year out. And when you lay these eggs, especially early in the year, we're not talking about a completely beat up team in, in mid-January. We're talking about the third, fourth game of the season, the first week of the season, and you're losing to, to a team that you you are far more talented than. It's just a, it's a bad sign. It's a bad stigma. And, and we called it on the head, too. The crowd was completely dead and listless. You know, the the, yeah. the spot for goaltending, of course, Karel Vermelka. Oh, it's like a church at, at Scotiabank Arena for these oh. weeknight Leaf games against a, a weak Always. opponent. Guaranteed. Always. You know, and then the, the goaltending situation, Shalgren, who, you know, yeah, he's still uh, a developing prospect. He's he's not fully there than NHL goal, caliber goalie. Going up against Karel Vamelka, a guy who, you know, would probably be a backup or a third-string option with most, most teams, but he's the best goaltender the Coyotes have. And he's been playing very well despite – not having a whole lot of support from his blue liners in front of him. He's had to make a ton of 10 bell saves once again, facing 40, 45 shots a night. And uh, he could keep you in some games, which is, uh, you know, I, I think there's a lot of top tier goalies that may not be able to keep you in games facing 40, 45 shots a night. Look at John Gibson, for example, talking about him in a little bit. But, uh, you know, this is just one of those things where, you know, you have to be leery of big favorites and you have to sometimes take a good shot with a, a big sized dog because these things can happen any given night. Yeah, it's a tough rule. I'll, I'll read the rule, uh, why that goal, goal, goal was overturned. They determined that Morgan Riley batted the puck with his hand inside the offensive zone before Mitch Marner gained possession and control. According to the rule, a player may bat a puck in the air with his open hand unless in the opinion of the on-ice officials he has directed the puck to a teammate or has allowed his team to gain an advantage and subsequently possession and control of the puck is obtained by a player of the uh, team possessing the puck, either directly or deflected off any player or official. So that's the rule uh, they deemed it was. Like I say, it was close, but it uh, you know it, it's, 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 it's a tough call to go against the Leafs at that time of the game, but at the end of the day, you know, I'm. Uh, it's a situation where I think it's 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 the, the call that they ended up having to make. I think so. I, it's close. It was a close call, but again, I can't listen. I can't, and and I know a bunch of Leaf fans. You know, I live an hour west of Toronto, so of all the hockey fans and friends I know, you know, eighty to ninety percent of them are Leaf fans. I, a bunch of them are saying we got screwed over. I can't listen to that. All right, you didn't get screwed over. The team screwed themselves over by playing a horseshit hockey game against one of the worst teams in the NHL. That's that's what screwed them over. The performance of the team uh, on the ice last night for that 60 minutes. And where were the stars last night? What the hell did Marner and Ma what Matthews even? That's your, that's your, the team you know from your home. You know we, he was very quiet last night. Uh, but again, disappointing from the Leafs. What else is new? Uh, other games last night: Rangers six four win over Anaheim. Uh, gutsy effort for Anaheim. They kept on pushing, even though it was not going their way. And uh, the Rangers got a little sloppy with the lead. I know that will not sit well with Gerard Gallant, but they get a six to four win. Uh, Boston, how about them? Still undefeated, five three win over Florida. Uh, late scratch was uh, Brandon Montour last night for the Panthers, so they had to play with five defensemen. Uh, and uh, Boston kind of took advantage of that. Uh, some breakdowns by Florida at times last night. Uh, five three win, and Jake DeBrusque was. Uh, we were not sure he was going to play. He did. He ended up scoring two goals last night for the uh, Bruins. A nice five three win for them. Uh, L.A. five four over Detroit. What what a wild game. Uh, Alex, congrats to him with the over there uh, with the Kings and the Red Wings. It got there uh, with ease. Uh, back and forth game. I loved the play we saw from Dylan. Uh, Dylan Larkin for the Detroit Red Wings. That game was going to be over 
with that empty net. He saves an empty net goal. And then, of course, down the ice, uh, Sunquist juices, uh, gets the uh, tying goal uh, for uh, the Detroit Red Wings 4-4. And even though they lost in overtime, they don't get a point last night without that effort by Dylan Larkin to save an empty net goal uh, in the last couple minutes of that third period. So incredible effort by the captain. And look, Detroit, you would have said to Derek Lalonde, uh, we're going to get uh, five out of six points in our first three games of the season. I think he would have signed up for that. Uh, and even with the loss, and look, you had no Bertuzzi or a little bit short-handed. Brana was out last night up front. You were still able to uh, do a pretty good job uh, and get the – what the hell was that? Oh, sorry. That's probably the noise in, in the background here. There's oh, okay. I was yeah. going to say, oh, we got some uh, work it's, being done. Okay, it's as if someone's building coffins in the apartment above me, so apologies. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> very disappointing game for a Winnipeg 4-1 loss to Dallas. Uh, look, the Philip Brubauer issues continue in Seattle as well. 5-1 uh, Carolina. How about Carolina giving up three goals in the first three games combined? That defense is stifling right now, and they're getting good goaltending. A nice 5-1 win for the Canes. Seth Jarvis scores again. Uh, for the Canes, good night for Aho and Svechnikov uh, as well. The big guns showed up for Carolina. Colorado adding to the misery of Minnesota, a 6-3, to three, uh, a nice win for the Avalanche last night. And Minnesota continues to just flounder defensively. Uh, going to Philip Gustafson, certainly didn't give them that defensive spark they needed. Uh, still struggling with penalty kill, still struggling with uh, uh, obviously defending in their own zone, just giveaways, turnovers, and the like in that 6-3 loss. And the other game last night, and I saved this for last because this was the one that really uh, angered me the most last night, was the Vancouver Canucks. Um, now, if the only team in the NHL's history, history to have lost three straight games to begin the season when having a two-plus goal lead uh, in a game. That's some bad history. That's the, that's the, you, you don't want to be on that side of history. And the Vancouver Canucks are the only team in NHL history to have uh, three straight losses in the regular season to begin the year with a two plus goal lead in the game. And it happened again last night against Washington. And it's the kind of mistakes that you have a 4 2 lead going into the third period. They were playing a great game. They really were. I mean, they're, they were moving the puck well. They were actually playing solid, steady defense. I thought their defensive play was great in the second period. But when you have a fragile team protecting a lead, and obviously that's what they felt, the pressure of trying to protect a lead after what happened against Edmonton and after what happened against Philadelphia, you saw it again last night with this Vancouver Canucks team. And some of the mistakes they made in their defensive zone were inexcusable, were absolutely dreadful. Uh, the 4-3 goal uh, wasn't good coverage. It was a breakdown in the zone. Who the hell is watching John Carlson? He has all day to walk in down by, by the face-off dot, pick his spot and rip yep. it. Thatcher Demko for the tying goal. Who the fuck's watching that guy? Anybody? Yep. Anybody want to put a stick in the lane or something or block a shot, get in there on John Carlson? Anybody? Apparently not. He got all day to just basically tee it up from the face-off dot and tie that game. Terrible defense, and that wasn't the end of it. Sheary, what the hell has happened to Lawson Tossum's game? on the blue line for Vancouver. Ekman Larson stunk last year, terrible season, and he was beaten to the front of the net by Sheary on, on the 5-4 goal. Just yeah. terrible defensive coverage by him. Let him go to the front of the net, and Sheary took the lead and gave them the lead 5-4. And at that point, obviously, you see the panic. You see the mistakes. You see losing coverage. You see, you know, people, you, get, you know, basically forwards for the Washington Capitals. 
defenseman being lost in coverage, that is a team that is fragile and mentally weak. And Bruce Boudreaux said it after the game. You know, we're waiting for bad things to happen. We expect bad things to happen when we have a lead uh, in these games. And, and that's exactly the way they're playing uh, defensively right now. And on the sheet, on the Ovechkin goal that put it away on the deflection to make it 6-4, I don't know what Nils Hoaglander and Elias Pettersson are the, doing. I don't know what the fuck they were doing there. What were you looking at the sky, picking your nose? What were you doing? I mean, you're out there on the ice and you're letting one of the great goal scorers of our lifetime, of our lifetime, get behind you to deflect that puck in the net at 6-4, to make it 6-4. That's Alex Ovechkin. Maybe look to put your stick in the way or defend the guy or knock him on his can. Do something. Nobody did. I know Pedersen's not a physical player. I don't expect him to do that, but tie the guy's stick up. Do something there. Hoaglander, same thing. Standing there like a couple of dopes last night. Right there with Ovechkin. Right there. That's number eight. He's only been dominating the NHL for 18 years. You might want to pay attention. My goodness. It's the kind of defensive mistakes that yeah. you can't make. And it's the kind of defensive mistakes that a team with no confidence defensively, of a team with a fragile psyche makes. That's what happens. And Vancouver did it again to themselves. And if I'm a little angry, you know why. Because uh, it was one of my favorite bets of the night last night. It was my best bet on this show. Uh, and I had a nice little best bet streak going. I think I had won three or four best bets in a row going into last night. I wasn't very thrilled with seeing a 4-2 lead go down the pisser in that third period last night. Not happy at all. So now Vancouver has this players-only meeting. We'll see what comes of it tonight when they're back in action on a back-to-back -back against Columbus. But boy, Alex, what a tough start for Vancouver. To be on that side of history, three straight regular season losses to begin the year for the first time in history, You lose a team loses three straight to begin the season with a two-plus goal lead. That's not the history you want to be a, any part of. Absolutely not. And, it, and it's just baffling to me to see a team this woefully unprepared at the beginning of the year to, to play a full 60-minute effort, especially a Bruce Boudreaux team. And not just, you know, one he took over, you know, the middle of last year after a bad start. This is his full camp. This is his full year. This will be everything under his instruction. And this is something you don't see from his teams, especially in the regular season. Playoffs, whole different story. But you usually see motivated, prepared, and dedicated players night in and night out, and we're not seeing that dedication. Really, if, if you look at this game with the Caps and, and the Canucks, it's pretty much like that Spider-Man meme with the two Spider-Mans pointing at each other. These both two teams look alike. They're both having issues focusing. They're both having issues moving the puck and being in the right spot at the right time. I mean, just look at the, the goal that was eight seconds left in the first period, and then the goal given up eight seconds into the second period. Both chances were where the goaltenders were just completely lost and stuck in a spot where – you know, they should have been making a save. Instead, they're just kind of just, just off in the space or, or completely out of position. So it, it, it's it's unfathomable that both these teams are playing this way. But I expected a little bit more from, from Washington. We kind of broke it down and talked about it the last couple of days where Washington, they're an older team, they're slower foot. You give them a little bit more leeway to be a bad team. But this Vancouver team was supposed to make another step up and move up within that Pacific Division and the Western Conference, having a full year of Boudreaux under their belt. And they just simply have not been doing that right now. Three games in a row 
blowing two plus goal leads. That's unfathomable at any point of the year, but especially doing that at the beginning of the season, like I said, definitely on the wrong side of history there. They've got to correct things tonight uh, against Columbus or it's, it's just going to get uglier from here. You know, and then I'll even talk about a little bit with the Anaheim game you mentioned about with Anaheim and LA. Uh, that's another issue where now, you know, I mentioned, I said, John Gibson, I thought this is going to be a year he could bounce back. And, and look sharp, but he's looked terrible the last two games. And now all of a sudden Dallas Aikens is coming out saying he's got some kind of lower body issue, which now leads to a humongous question with the Ducks. What do you do with John Gibson? Because, you know, it seemed like, okay, this year, you know, he's probably not going to stick around long-term necessarily. Maybe you have a chance to move him and add some more parts because Anaheim's doing a good job of rebuilding for the future. They have a capable backup in Anthony Stolarz, but now he's hurt. Now does his trade value diminish? Does his just overall game diminish? Is, is this where he is now? He's now, you know, a, a more of a mid-tier goalie as opposed to where he was easily with a bad team, one of the best goaltenders in the world a couple of seasons ago. Yeah. Uh, now, if he's having these issues, and we talk about groin and leg issues all the time, it's just like arm and elbow issues with pitchers in baseball. When they happen and they linger on and on, they start to wear down. They never really quite get better. They always kind of hang there or get worse as time progresses. So that's a really big question mark that the Ducks have, and it's unfortunate because we know their offense is, is capable uh, of, of carrying them afloat. They needed the goaltending behind them, and now we're seeing them uh, giving up seven goals to to the Islanders and then six to the Rangers, and uh, it's not going to get any easier once they play the you know teams in their division and in their conference. Yeah, it is, and uh, we're waiting for it. Like you're saying, you're right. It's been a downward trajectory, and poor Anaheim. Now that's two games in a row, Alex. Just uh, woeful defense and goaltending, and yeah, it's tough to see uh, that for a team that I was singing the praises of coming into this season being better. I, apparently, we have Roberto Luongo in our chat. Retired and found the Ice Guys show. There you go. Uh, and throwing shade at one of his former teams. So there you go, Roberto Luongo uh, in our uh, chat here. That's pretty funny stuff. Uh, I love it. Good stuff. But, uh, yeah, that was terrible. I mean, especially with Ovechkin. That really bothered me. Like, I knew they were probably going to lose anyway. They were already down 5-4. So it's not like the 6-4 goal was the be-all, end-all. But that's Alex Ovechkin. And I got to sit there and watch my bet fall apart there and watch Hoaglander and, and Pedersen stand there like two dopes two totem poles and just watch Ovechkin just do whatever he wants and not pay and not do anything to, you know, take the puck away from him, take the, you know, put the body on him, put a stick in the way, you know, knock him down. Nobody did anything. Uh, it tells you where uh, the Canucks are right now. Oh, and one more thing about that game, and then we'll get to today's card. Another thing that's angering me and frustrating me too is our guest Brian Lee's having computer issues right now, uh, and trying to, he's trying to get the Streamyard link open. We've downloaded multiple browsers. That's why I'm texting him back and forth. So we'll see if we can uh, fix that with uh, Brian. But uh, frustrating with that. But uh, another thing too, I want to mention about that game: this Evgeny Kuznetsov high stick thing that he did on Burroughs, Kyle Burroughs, the defenseman for the Canucks. Look, I get it. Maybe he was leaning down. That certainly impacted, you know, where that stick ended up hitting Burroughs. I get that. And there's some truth to that. You know, Burroughs was leaning down, trying to battle with Kuznetsov for the puck. And then Kuznetsov swings the stick and it hits him in the throat and the neck area. So, yeah, he bent down. And I think maybe you could say, okay, because he bent down, maybe he was aiming for his chest. He bent down. He got the throat, the head, and the neck area instead. Okay, you could say that. Okay. But that doesn't excuse Kuznetsov for swinging the stick like a baseball bat and hitting him with it. You know, if the stick glances, rides up, and hits burrows in the throat and the neck area, okay, I can live with that. 
But Kuznetsov swinging the stick with his base, like a baseball bat, hitting Burroughs, that's unacceptable. You can't do that. You know, if you have any respect for the safety and the well-being of, of your fellow human being, even though he's on the other team, you don't swing your stick like that. I didn't know if that was Evgeny Kuznetsov or Aaron Judge on skates. Holy shit. I no. mean, <laughs> he, he, yeah. he can't swing the stick like that, no. like a baseball bat. And then I got to see he gets one game suspension today. Clearly, this league still doesn't get it in terms of player safety. They can talk all they want about how much they care about it and want to protect everybody. Bullshit. It's a facade yeah. right now. It is. They don't give two shits about player safety. These suspensions are like... You know, picking uh, picking a winner out of a jar or something. Yeah. You know, pick 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 some kind of piece of paper out of a hat, a 50-50 ticket. Let's see who's going to mm, – six games. Mm, let's pick another one. Mm, two games. Who the hell knows what it's going to be? There's no consistency. Uh, yeah. It's it's different from player to player, game to game, situation to situation. And here we go again. One game for a guy swinging the bat, stick like that. I mean, come on. Yeah, it's it's absurd. It's like they have a, a wheel and they just spin it and wherever it lands, it's however many it's games or, or it's a fine or or whatever have you. Like I said, and, and you know they always want to take into consideration the style of player. You know, heaven knows if Tom Wilson was healthy and we saw him swinging the stick with a baseball bat, they'd probably be trying to get you know criminal charges pressed against them. But because it's beginning Kuznetsov, a guy who's not normally physical or or, or malicious in any way, despite having the literal proof of him being maliciously swinging the stick, they still only give him one game. It's, it's, it's unacceptable. You just can't. That, that's, the, that's the part that was bad about it. I, I get it. Maybe he wouldn't have swung it, but he did. Uh, if, you know, he was upright and, you know, he aimed for the chest is what he was probably trying to do, but you cannot, I don't care what it is, uh, you cannot swing your stick like you're swinging a baseball bat. That cannot be tolerated uh, in this sport. And I don't like Kuznetsov anyway in his antics too as well. It's a guy that, you know, he, in a scrum, he, he'll push and shove guys and he won't ever back it up. And, you know, there's some guys that have been wanting to fight him when he's causing a ruckus and he just shies away from it completely. And then when he scores a goal, he does that fucking bird flap thing. Talk about, you know, ignorant. Talk about fucking, you know, trying to be arrogant. You know, it's just, I, I hate looking at that every time he scores a goal with the fucking bird flap that he does. So, yeah, Kuznetsov, I'm not a fan. He's no, a good player, really good score, offensive yeah. player, but not a fan. No, I agree. Talented player, but yeah, and anyone, anyone, there's a lot of these guys these days that, like I said, you know, they'll chirp and, 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 and get into the corners or whatever, but as soon as somebody challenges them, they have cement, you know, uh, in their gloves. They don't want to do anything about it. it, it that's, that's always unfortunate. Thing. It is. So uh, that's the way it is right there. Uh, frustrating. And speaking of the Canucks, we're not done talking about them. Why? Because they're the first game up on the uh, Tuesday card, the Vancouver Canucks. Back-to-back back on the road as they take on the Columbus Blue Jackets. Uh, we've got uh, Vancouver, uh, pretty much minus 110, even money with Columbus here, six being the total uh, in this game. Um, you talked about last night how it was another failure to protect a lead, and they had the players-only meeting after the game. Bruce Boudreaux saying, you know, we're a fragile group right now. Mentally weak would be a good assessment. When you're on a roll, you're waiting for good things to happen, and with something like this, you're waiting for something bad to happen. Uh, and that's exactly uh, that's a that's a great assessment uh, for the uh, Vancouver Canucks. And it's a shame because, look, I thought JT Miller, we talked about how we thought he played better last night. He got on the board uh, with a goal. We talked about that JT Miller was probably live to score a goal uh, going into uh, last night's game. We'll see what that players only meeting does for them, because we know this is a team that has been good enough to have a lead in these games uh, well into the third period in a lot of instances. 
and have not been able to uh, finish the deal uh, and close out these games. They could be three and zero right now. Honestly, they really could be three and zero. Instead, they're zero and three. Um, I, I kind of, I will have a small bet. There's not going to be best bet, but I will be coming back because I am, as someone says in the chat, a glutton for punishment. That I'm going to take another shot with Vancouver here on this back to back, but I am, and I'm going to split it up this time. First period and full game. It looks like right now we don't have confirmation. But it looks like right now it Spencer Martin uh, could be a net once again for the or it could be a net for the first time this year for the Vancouver Canucks here on the second of back to back games. Of course, for Columbus, it'll be uh, Elvis Merzlikens uh, in net. And of course, they remain without Patrick Lyonnais, uh, who got injured in the uh, first game of the uh, season uh, for Carol uh, for Columbus against Carolina. Uh, so we'll see how they continue to do, make do without him. Uh, I haven't been impressed with Columbus. That's another reason why I don't mind taking another shot with uh Vancouver here because you look at the first uh, few games they've had 4-1 loss to Carolina 5-2 loss to Tampa Bay and then a 5-2 loss to St. Louis you know they really haven't been in any any of these games and now without Patrick Lyon a 20 year best prolific goal scorers you have for a team that I like their offense but I haven't seen anybody step up outside uh, of a couple of players so far since Lyon has gone down and the defense still continues to be an issue like this team gives up goals there's no question about that. This is not a good defensive hockey team, Columbus, and they need Elvis Merzlikens to be great. And Elvis has not been great so far this year. He needs to be he needs to be steel games type of caliber goalie for this blue line in front of him because it's not a good blue line. They're giving up the blue line easily. They're giving up offensive zone looks easily. The slot, you name it, uh, letting teams get second, third chances with rebounds uh, in front of the net. That's what Columbus has done. So I think Vancouver should be able to have some success offensively. It's going to come down to whether they can figure it the fuck out finally defensively and protect the lead. So I'm going to, again, with the players only meeting, maybe this is what it takes to finally say, hey, guys, let's play the right way. Let's back check. Let's play as a five-man defensive unit. Not have Hoaglander and Pedersen just do a little flyby, a little skate, a little free skate, and let one of the great goal scorers in our lifetime get past them. Let's not do that. Let's not have Lawson Tossum there uh, get to beaten uh, to the front of the net by Sheary. Let's all help each other out. Let's play as a five-man unit here. Uh, I will, for better or worse, Come back to the Vancouver Canucks tonight, and I'll split it up first period money line and full game money line. If they don't win tonight, we're going to take a break from Vancouver. We'll be uh, we'll be having a little separation period, me and my bankroll with the Vancouver Canucks, if they don't get the job done tonight. I actually lean under, and I, I, I don't love saying that because I think Vancouver's struggling defensively. Columbus is struggling defensively. I've talked about Columbus being an over team, and I've backed a couple overs with Columbus, the St. Louis game. Uh, and uh, the Tampa game on Friday night, back-to-back overs with them. But I just feel both teams are going to want to tighten up, especially Vancouver, knowing that what's happened the last few games, blowing these leads. So for that reason, I might make an exception and lean under with this game tonight. Alex, what do you think, Vancouver-Columbus? Yeah, you know, the way I would approach this from a side perspective, the only way I would be looking at would be Vancouver first period on the money line. I mean, their the issues have come in the second and third periods. The first period, they've been uh, relatively solid. And when you look at Columbus, 
Uh, he said, you know, the, their issues are mostly on defense, but also missing line A. They aren't able to get the offensive consistency that we were expecting to see uh, from this club in, in the you know first couple of games. We thought this is going to be a, a kind of a, a dynamite over team the way that they were last year. You know, adding a draw and having line A, you know, having that those that top six solidified. But they're having those issues right now. So having that along. Uh, side having some some you know shaky goaltending and, and defense, uh, you know this game I, over or under I'm staying away from it because uh, under would make sense. You want to you know both teams want to try to clamp down a bit defensively, uh, be a little more responsible on their own, especially Vancouver if they have a lead in the second third period. You would think that it's going to be all hands on deck defensively to try to hold that lead after what's happened in the last three games. So I'm I'm staying away from a, a total here. The only thing I'm looking at is Vancouver. Uh, first period money line, which is also a dollar ten. It's exactly you see in the uh, picking prices for the full game sides and the first period sides in this one. Yeah, I think I think early you're going to get focus from them. And uh, keep in mind these early season back to back games. I don't think they're as detrimental, uh, you know, in terms of fatigue. Like th- right. this is early in the season, right, Alex? Yeah, uh, shouldn't be fatigued this in, in, in the first week. Exactly. Like if you're talking back to back situation and you're talking three games in uh, four. Uh, nights like this, yeah, you know, in December, good. January, February, March, uh, as we get uh, later on uh, in the season, uh, then you, you worry about fatigue a little bit and you worry about exhaustion. But uh, certainly right now, uh, a situation where it shouldn't be that short tra- and short travel too. you know, some spots where the travel, uh, you know, could be a little bit longer. We haven't seen that so far. Most back-to-backs we've seen have been very short distance travels. DC to Columbus is, isn't anything. So yeah, this should really be no fatigue spots until you start seeing three or four games or five and seven games moving forward. No doubt. Uh, by, by the way, they're moving up the silly pod calls and potentially to the top line, Kuzmenko in the second line. Uh, there's some props I might look at for Vancouver tonight uh, in this game. And Gus Nyquist is going to get a shot now on the top line. Didn't really work out with Danforth. He's back down to the third line. I still think whoever's playing with Gaudreau and Jenner is going to eventually have a chance to find the back of the net. So maybe that's Gus Nyquist here tonight uh, playing on that top line for the uh, Columbus uh, Blue Jackets. All right, uh, next up here, we've got the uh, Boston Bruins taking on the uh, Ottawa Senators. Uh, Ottawa minus 125, uh, home favorites in this game, six the total uh, across the board. I took the Sens here, uh, minus 120, minus 125. Situational edge, no question. Uh, we just talked about how it's early in the season. The back-to-backs aren't great. But if you watch that Boston-Florida game, pretty intense, back and forth, good pace to it as well. Uh, that Bruin-Panther game last night, and it was a very nice win for the Bruins. Give them all the credit in the world. Uh, they've gotten off to a 3-0 and start uh, this season with no Matt Grizzlick with no Charlie McAvoy, with no Brandon Carlo. That's what was so impressive about beating a really good team like Florida last night. Three starting defensemen out, still without Brad Marchand out front, and uh, still got the job done. And credit to them, credit to Montgomery, credit to all the players for stepping up. But this is a very tough spot, really is, because you played a high pace, high energy game, a lot of back and forth play. There wasn't really a stagnant pace at any moment in that Bruins Panthers game last night and now you got to play Ottawa who are rested who are coming off a couple of road losses to begin the year against Buffalo and Toronto uh but now uh you've got an Ottawa team that's rested playing their home opener you know so they'll be excited for that and I think you know it, it's it's definitely a huge huge situational spot advantage for the Ottawa Senators that doesn't mean this is a lock this doesn't mean for sure they're going to win but the price is reasonable enough. I really like the price when it opened plus 105, plus 100 
uh, on Ottawa. It has moved a little bit to minus 120, minus 125, but I still like it at this current price, uh, the Senators to get the job done. And I think I like the over a little bit in this game. I've targeted Ottawa's uh, games to go over. The total hasn't worked out that way so far. The offense hasn't really thrived yet for this group, but give it time. And I think a Bruin team that has defensive uh, issues right now in terms of personnel, you know, they're still going to be very much shorthanded tonight. The Bruins on the back end, they're also going to be without the same three guys that they were without last night, Grizzlet, Carlo and McAvoy, not to mention Anton Strawman, uh, who they got in the off season is on IR. I think shows up tonight. Those that short handed, short, a depleted defensive core and that depleted blue line. I think tonight's the night that shows up for Boston. Uh, in a negative light. So I like Ottawa here. I like over, and I would even consider maybe at over three and a half, the senators team total as well tonight uh, in this game. I think, you know, shorthanded Boston blue line playing the second of back-to-back games. I think this is an opportunity for Ottawa, an offense that we think in time is going to be pretty good. I think this is the night they have that first big offensive performance tonight and get four plus goals here against this Boston team. Uh, what do you think here, Alex Bruin senators? Yeah, this is a game I'm looking at the, the overs. Uh, I wanted to take the first period over, but I'm seeing a dollar 40 dollar 45s across the board. That's a little bit too steep. So I'm going to try to adjust and, and grab that in game, but I'm, I'm definitely on the over six here. Uh, and, and you can get that as I'm looking around no higher than minus 15 minus 120. And most shops, I think that's a good price. Like I said, I think Ottawa's offense, it's, it's, it's destined to bloom and blossom at some point. It's just a matter of when, not if. And then Boston, like I said, having the defensive issues, second night of a back-to-back. Well, I don't expect, like I said, um, so much fatigue, but also just kind of just, uh, you know, stylistically, I, I just feel like they could, you know, try to kind of keep the same pace we saw against Florida late in that game. We saw the offense really rocking and rolling for Boston too. So I think that because of that offense, they're kind of trying to play defense. You know, what's, what's they say the best defense is having possession of the puck, having possession of the ball. So they're trying to utilize their offense, get them involved in the play more so they don't have to rely on dropping back and, and having the defense do all the work. So uh, I think this screams over to me. I think it's a cheap price, six at, at minus $1.20. I'll go with over on the Suns and Bruins. All right, Bruins Senators over the total for uh, Alex in this one. Yeah, our guest is going to have to join us another day for freaking computer issues. Uh, we, we've all been through that. Uh, we know that yeah, uh, for sure. Yeah, we, we know what that's like, but uh, we'll get Brian Lee back. He wants to come back on, so we'll we'll uh, we'll definitely get that uh, rescheduled. No question about that. Uh, that's okay though, because it gave me extra time to rant, uh, and that was fun. Uh, that's the good news. That's you always got to look for the positive in everything. That's the positive. I got a chance to really get some shit off my chest uh, earlier uh, in the yeah. show. All right, Anaheim, New Jersey. Uh, we've got New Jersey minus one ninety home favorite, six and a half the total in this one. So. Um, I am not bailing on the Anaheim Ducks just yet. I'm taking them at this price. Small bet, nothing significant, because, again, it's a scheduling edge for New Jersey. There's no question. They're a rested team. They're 0-2. I think sense of urgency, desperation, I think, has to take over. But I was saying this shit. Alex, you were saying this shit prior to the game against Detroit. Emergency's got to take over. Miles Wood saying, I'm sick of losing. Well, what did you do about it? You played like horse shit in the third period. That's what you did about it. Nothing. Uh, he ended up losing to the Red Wings there on the Saturday night. So <clears throat> that's the issue right now. New Jersey, to me, is not a team uh, I like at minus 190. They are not a team that I trust at minus 190. And I am more than willing, more than happy, content, win or lose, to take a shot against them 
when they're laying minus 190 because their problems still remain in the defensive end of the ice. And so do Anaheim. I mean, Anaheim's no defensive juggernaut right now based on what we've seen uh, for the last two games. Uh, but New Jersey's been every bit as bad, and they're the team laying minus 190 uh, in this game. And to be quite honest with you, you know, if it is Anthony Stolarz tonight, it hasn't been confirmed yet for the Anaheim Ducks. He's been capable at times. You know, we're not asking him to be uh, spectacular. Now, he did relief uh, come in relief for uh, John Gibson last night, so there is a potential. Maybe they go back to Gibson. We'll see. But regardless of who's in net for Anaheim, you know, they played the Islanders. They played the Rangers starting this road trip. And I've got my issues with the Islanders. They're still a more fundamentally sound structured team than the Devils. This is the best chance in this three-game New York uh, swing uh, the Devils, the Islanders, and the Rangers. This is the best chance for Anaheim to get a win. So I'm going to take a shot with them uh, at plus 160 tonight. It's just a fate of New Jersey in a price range they don't belong in, in my opinion. And I like the over here. I mean, the, the, the total's been hammered up. This opened at six, Alex. It's six and a half with juice shaded to the over at minus 120 right now. And you can understand why. Uh, these two teams are certainly leaking in the defensive end uh, significantly. Uh, early in the season, but both teams have more than enough firepower uh, offensively uh, to take advantage uh, of those defensive struggles for New Jersey. You've got Tatar, Heeshear, Brat, Palat, Hughes, Mercer, Wood, uh, you know, and company. And then, of course, Anaheim. Scoring ain't their issue. You know, Ryan Strom, Vetrano, who they got from the Rangers last year to go with Zegras, Terry, uh, Mason McTavish, Lundestrom is a good offensive player, uh, Klingberg. Really gets the offense going a lot more now from the blue line. Uh, so it's not surprising to see Anaheim kind of play in more higher scoring games either uh, so far this year. And again, both teams struggling uh, defensively right now, struggling just like my voice right now. Uh, <laughs> Anaheim, New Jersey, I think we'll go uh, the over. Uh, pretty good luck here. Uh, over six and a half, minus 120 uh, as well. Uh, Alex, what do you think here? Ducks, Devils. Yeah, I think you might actually be able to wait in-game and get a plus price or even a five and a half potentially. I don't think we're going to just see this become a, a boat race right off of the, the first puck drop. Uh, and I think, you know, both teams realize that they're struggling defensively. They need to get uh, things in gear on that end of the ice. And more than likely, we're going to see Stolarz. Like I said, it hasn't been confirmed. But based on what Dallas Aiken said last night about when they pulled uh, Gibson, they said this he had something going on with his body. And they said, you know, well, where the score was at that point, it didn't seem really intelligent to leave him in there. <clears throat> Excuse me. So it, it just seems like it would be Stolarz. And like you mentioned, he was one of he was ranked as one of my better backups in the charts last year. Uh, you know, he came out the first uh, performance he had last year. I think, if I'm not mistaken, it was against Seattle. I think he had a 42 save win uh, against the Kraken. Now, obviously, you know, uh, you know, you have to take it in, in spots when you're talking about backup goalies, and he's a true number two. He's not necessarily a one B option, but he has been more than capable in a lot of those relief spots. And he's used to playing uh, the first or second and within a back-to-back, -back, splitting that time with Gibson. I think this is a good spot for him here. Uh, but he's still going to let in some goals. He, I don't think it's going to be a, a Gibson-esque performance of giving up five goals on 25 shots. But uh, I think we should see some the offense open up with this game. But I think there's it's not going to happen right away. So I think you have a, a better chance of grabbing a better number or a better price at six and a half uh, if you wait live. And that's always an option is waiting live, see if you can get a better price and a better number uh, in-game. And that's certainly possible here if we get a, 
maybe a five, 10 minute period of no goals early in this game with the uh, Ducks and the Devils. All right, Philadelphia, Tampa Bay, uh, the Lightning minus 295 home favorites, uh, six and a half the total. Uh, look, uh, like I said on Monday's show yesterday, uh, and my, uh, referencing my power ratings that are now available on patreon.com slash ice guys. I have, uh, I had the Philadelphia Flyers as the worst team in the NHL entering the season. I had them lower than Arizona. I had them lower than San Jose, Chicago, uh, any of those worst teams in the league you can think of. I had Philadelphia worse than them because I didn't like the vibe. I thought the roster, especially with Sean Couturier out to begin the year, you're starting the year with Morgan Frost and Kevin Hayes as your top two starting centers. You're decimated. You're thin at that position, and that's a position of you need to be strong in for success in the NHL. Uh, the blue line outside of Provorov, I had a lot of questions with them. Uh, and then, of course, you had the goaltending. Could Carter Hart be uh, capable for a guy that's been inconsistent as well? I just thought, you know, and then Tortorella saying the dressing room's all messed up before he even steps into training camp with the team. And I'm like, this looks like a shit show waiting to happen. And, and sure enough, uh, that's why I had them dead last. And yet here they are in two games. They look like they're playing with some structure. And you have to give all the credit in the world to Torts. He has demanded that, be accountable in the defensive zone, play it. You talk about Vancouver not playing as a five-man unit defensively, forwards and defensemen, forwards not back-checking, helping out the blue liners. Philly's playing that way right now. They are. They're buying into being good away from the puck. And they and look, Tortorella won't have it any other way. If you're not good away from the puck individually, you know what? You're getting sat down. Your ass is stapled to the bench with John Tortorella around. Uh, and that's what we've seen in the first two games. They've been solid defensively. They've been responsible. You know, in the first two games, they uh, were, you know, they, they, even though the shots, it'll show they gave up 37 to New Jersey and 30 to Vancouver. A lot of the shots weren't as high quality as some of the stuff Philly was given up last year. So you do have to give Tortorella credit for that. Uh, 5-2 win over New Jersey, 3-2 win over Vancouver. That, having said that, though, they play a New Jersey team who's been awful so far in the first few games, and a Vancouver team we just talked about for a ton on this show, how they're struggling to protect leads. So now you're going on the and both of those were at home. So now you're going on the road. You're facing, obviously, a team that's been one of the best teams in the NHL for years, been to the Stanley Cup final three years in a row, the Tampa Bay Lightning who, by the way, have a big rest advantage and I'm cer cer certainly won't be happy uh, about losing 6-2 to two to Pittsburgh uh, on Saturday night in their last game. And we know long-term Tampa's been good off a loss. Will that kind of track record maintain itself this year? Well, they're already 1-0 and uh, off a loss this year. They lost to the Rangers uh, on opening night, and then they bounced back and they beat Columbus. So, you know, you would expect Tampa Bay to play a good game, bounce back and win, but certainly not going to lay minus 295. And at the same time, uh, Philadelphia is taking somewhat, all right, of a step up in class here tonight. They are. Uh, for as good as they looked in the two home games against Jersey and Vancouver, this will be a tougher ask for them uh, here uh, going into this game. And let's keep in mind, too, with uh, Philadelphia, uh, still some uh, key personnel that could be uh, out of the lineup here uh, for them. Of course, Sorelli's been out to start the year for uh, Tampa, and we know that is a, a significant loss. They miss him badly, but it's Couturier, uh, Owen Tippett's on IR, Cam Atkinson's out for Philadelphia. Uh, there are some people making a big deal that Rasmus Ristolainen's out. I think he's one of the most overrated defensemen in the NHL. So I'm not as uh, I'm not as petrified if I'm a Flyer fan that he's out of the lineup. But nevertheless, 
you know, you got to go to a little bit more uh, of your depth at, along the blue line. And you've got some young guys back there. Igor Zamula, uh, Nick Sealer, uh, getting more ice time. You know, Braun and Sanheim, Provorov. Provorov and D'Angelo played better as a pair than I thought uh, here in the first two games. So, you know, Philadelphia is, and Philadelphia is the one thing, and Tortorella said this, Alex, in both press conferences after the two wins. We've worked, played our asses off. We've played hard. And there is no denying that. You watch Philly. I thought last year they tapped out. Like, they didn't play hard certain games. They were just mailing it in. They've played very hard. The work ethic has been superb uh, in two games for the Philadelphia Flyers. And that work ethic, if they bring it tonight, maybe they can hang around and give Tampa a scare. We'll have to wait and see. I'm intrigued to watch this one. But from a betting standpoint, nothing on it pregame for me. Uh, Alex, what do you think here? Philly, Tampa Bay. Yeah, the only thing I'm going to do is take a small shot with lightning, first period puck line, laying the half a goal at plus 110. That's the only thing of value really uh, on the Tampa Bay side. And the reason I'm looking at that is you mentioned about Philly. First two games, they look sharp. They have the work ethic. Carter Hart's been been phenomenal. But let's go through in his career his home and road splits. At home, 46-32-9, 2.67 goals against, a 9.15 save percentage, and 88 starts. When he's on the road, 18-29-7, with a 3.41 goals against and an 8.90 save percentage. And then let's add in the fact against Tampa Bay, he is 0-5-1 with a 4.33 goals against average and an 8.59 save percentage. He has not done well away from the city of brotherly love. He has not done well facing against this lightning team in six stars. So uh, I don't know if they can hold on and, 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 you know, put the screws to him for 60 minutes, but I'll take a shot with it at least in the first 20. I'll go lightning on the puck line, uh, laying the half a goal. All right. Lightning first period puck line for Alex uh, in that game. Uh, all right, next, excuse me, next up, we've got the uh, San Jose Sharks and the New York Islanders. Uh, Islanders minus 195, uh, home favorites, five and a half the total uh, in this game. Uh, this was the easiest pass on the board for me, quite honestly, today. Uh, I didn't have to think more than 10 seconds what I was going to do with this game. I ain't laying a buck 95 with the New York Islanders, and there is no situation or price that's going to get me on the San Jose Sharks right now. Uh, so for me, this is a clear and easy pass. Uh, as far as I'm concerned, uh, I could lean under, but uh, other than that, it's going to be a st stay away from me. I'm not going to do anything with this game. I may not even watch much of it. Well, obviously, I'll watch the highlights, but certainly not. This is going to be one of the games I'm not rushing to watch tonight, uh, but uh, definitely pass uh, for me in this game. I don't want either team in these uh, in this situation. Uh, what do you think here, Alex? Sharks, Islanders. Yeah, I'm right there with you. I, I, I won't watch this game. Like I said, I'll catch up with it in the highlights in, in the morning. Uh, this will probably be a snooze fest. Like I said, if you had to look at anything, it would have to be under or nothing. Uh, Islanders, we know how they want to play. And if they're going to dictate the pace, which they should against San Jose, this will be a 2 nothing game. Uh, that, that's just the way they want to do things. And just, San Jose is just in poor form right now. I don't know what it's going to really take for them to be in a spot where I will bet them, honestly, because, I mean, they're getting the big prices, but they're, they're rightfully, you know, giant underdogs, larger underdogs for a reason. So it's a clear pass. All right, nothing wrong with that. All right, we move on now to uh, next game on the uh, Cartier, Vegas, and Calgary. Calgary minus 155 home favorite, six and a half the total. This got down to as low as a buck 45. And at that price, I did take Calgary uh, minus 145. It's gone up to the point now where I think for the show, I would recommend Calgary in regulation now. Uh, I like this Flames team a lot. They are only behind Colorado uh, in my power ratings right now, number two in the league. And you would think, why don't you have them 
number one because they beat Colorado head-to-head. Well, you can't displace Colorado from number one just because of that because you have to factor in it was a back-to-back for Colorado on the road after playing Chicago the night before, and Calgary took advantage of a good situation for them. So, But, no, they're right there with Colorado. They're just behind Colorado, and it's a close margin right now with Colorado and Calgary. That's how good they are to me. That This blue line, one through six, like I said many times, uh, Alex, there's no Norris Trophy candidate, but there's six really sturdy, solid, sound, fundamentally strong defensemen. Wegar, Tanev, Hannafin, Anderson, Zadorov, and Stone for now, but wait till they get Oliver Shillington back, and that is a terrific six right there on the blue line. And look, you want to know how to – and maybe Calgary had to learn some painful lessons against Edmonton. I didn't just like – I loved their third period defensively against Edmonton on Saturday night. That was a clinic. That's how you shut down a high-powered team and protect a one-goal lead on the road. That was terrific uh, by Calgary. Uh, they didn't give the Oilers very much at all. Uh, they neutralized McDavid and Dreisaitl in that third period. Again, sticks in the lanes, closing the gap uh, in the neutral zone, uh, good gap control, uh, You know, time and space taken away, sticks in the lanes, blocking shots, all the little things that, again, Daryl Sutter's kind of like a John Tortorella clone in that you got to be good defensively or else, you know, your minutes are going to get dwindled uh, in terms of ice time if you're not going to play that way. So, uh, no, it's been very impressive, Calgary, defensively. And, you know, I don't want to totally discredit what Vegas has done. It's been a great start for them, too. Uh, a nice, uh, strong uh, 3-0 and to begin the year. Uh, they've looked very solid defensively much of the games that they've played. They had a little trouble with L.A., Uh, 4-3 in their first game, and they had to score a late goal to win that one, but shut out Chicago and hold Seattle to just two goals, both of them coming late in the game when it had already been decided. No, so Vegas is playing really well, but I think the difference is here in this game is going to be now Vegas going on the road, They, you know, against I think probably the toughest team they played, whereas you look at – because they played – okay, they played L.A., but L.A. has been kind of up and down this year, although they've had a nice road trip so far. They played Chicago, who we know, you know, they're going to have a tough season. Seattle, you know, improving, but, you know, they're not that playoff team yet. We don't think so. That's been the three games for Vegas. Does it get any more difficult for Calgary? What they've faced, Edmonton and Colorado, uh, in their first two games, and they come out of it winning both games, looking very impressive. So, to me, this is, people are going to say, wait a minute, this Vegas is undefeated. How can they be catching this kind of price? They're catching this kind of price for a reason. I like what Vegas is doing. Bruce Cassidy's a great hire. Eichel's gotten off to a nice start. Uh, don't get me wrong. And look, I said, their blue line, Petrangelo and Martinez and McNabb and company uh, and uh, Theodore, they've got a good blue line too in Vegas. But I think the difference here is going to end up being uh, the, the the forward depth of Calgary, the one through six on defense. And at the end of the day, as much as Logan Thompson, we think has got a bright future, got to give Calgary the little bit of the edge and net. And certainly they've faced a tougher schedule to this point Calgary than Vegas has and I think that's the difference and I think that's why Calgary's laying this you know not a, a, a cheap number if you will that's why they're laying uh, minus 145 minus 155 here uh, instead of just say minus 125 or minus 130 I think they're a higher favorite here for a reason I like Calgary I, I bet them at minus 145 full game money line this morning it's moved up since then 
I don't like giving out a money line above minus 150 for the show, so I'm going to recommend Calgary and re- regulation now instead at close to even money. Uh, Alex, what do you think here? Golden Knights, Flames. Yeah, that's the spot I'm actually about to bet is uh, Flames in regulation here. And this is a spot, you know, you mentioned in your power rate because you have them second. I have them number four, but it's a number four with a bullet. I mean, I, I moved them up. I had them ninth at the beginning of the year, so I quickly moved them. That's actually the largest move up on my uh, power rankings. You can read the rest of those and the charts uh, over at patreon.com slash ice guys. But uh, this is a Calgary team. Like I said, they're built to, you know, play well at both ends of the ice. I mean, and like I said, the shutdown performance and the big saves from Vidar in the third period against the Oilers, that shows you the growth and maturity from a year ago. Uh, they wouldn't be able to have, to have closed out Edmonton like that. We saw that obviously in the postseason. Uh, you know, they, they wouldn't have been able to, to have those, those defensive strides and also chip in offensively. It seems Calgary's game was very seesaw. It was either they had seven goals from their top lines and then, you know, uh, they give up five or, or they play that Sutter defensive style and, and you know, they lose two to one. It, it was just, just very, very up and down. But now they have a lot more balance and consistency throughout the entire lineup any, every single night. Vegas has been good defensively as well, but I just don't trust quite, like you said, in, in, in their whole situational uh, spot here against the Calgary team. I think this is a step up in class. If this were later in the year, I'd probably look at a, a, a draw play. That, that's that's kind of how these two teams kind of fail fair out, especially being in, in the division. But this early in the year, Calgary knows they want to establish dominant, dominance in the Pacific. They got to get two points here. So I like them to get that win within 60 minutes. The only minor fear I have is that Logan Thompson's a Calgary kid. So he's going to be close to home. He'll want to play well, but it uh, doesn't mean that for sure that's always an angle that's going to come through and win for you. So I, I like Calgary here, though, at the price here. And like I said, Vegas off to a 3-0 and start. But, again, uh, their schedule has been Chicago. You can't compare Vegas with Chicago uh, and uh, Chicago and uh, they played uh, L.A., Chicago, and uh, the third team was Seattle. Seattle. Yeah, there you go. Uh, Mine went uh, asleep there for a second. But, yeah, there you go. Those were the three games. And then Calgary – I, like I said, I don't know if it's possible to play two more difficult first two opponents of the season than Edmonton and Colorado. I mean, my goodness. I mean, you talk about uh, getting yourself uh, in tune quickly uh, for a new season and and, yeah. and testing yourself. Uh, you can't test yourself much better uh, or much greater than that than facing the Oilers and the Avalanche to begin the season. So uh, Alex and I both looking at Calgary here in this one. All right, next up, we've got Buffalo and Edmonton. Dylan Dubé, by the way, keep looking at that guy for prop standpoint. Uh, great start to the season for him, undervalued compared to some of those other forwards for the uh, Calgary Flames. Uh, Sabres and Oilers, we've got Edmonton minus 240, uh, home favorites, seven the total in this game. So I immediately, because I knew that total was probably going to go up to seven uh, overnight when it was minus 125, minus 130. I think it was minus 130 when I bet it. I hopped on over six and a half. And sure enough, seven when I woke up this morning. And I said, I'm not shocked. That's why I bet it overnight. Uh, I agree with that. Buffalo, look, a nice win against Ottawa. We've seen Ottawa in two games. Again, the offense is going to take some time. A lot of new faces when you factor in, you know, Alex Dabrinkit, Claude Giroux, a lot of the new faces there. It's just going to take time to get that, chemistry and that rhythm with the forward groups and the line combinations. And we saw that in the first two games, but then Buffalo played a pretty, we think potent Florida team and they struggled a little bit more in that game. And that's the thing with Buffalo. I like this team's compete level. I really admired the way they played against Florida, even though they lost, they kept battling back. They, they got the early goal. 
but they fell behind and they came back again and scored. I mean, this is a good, hard-trying, hard-working Buffalo team. And I think that's what they're going to be this year. So Edmonton's got to be on their toes tonight. No question about that. But you get Edmonton now looking to bounce back after a 4-3 setback uh, in the Battle of Alberta uh, on Saturday against Calgary. Uh, Jay Woodcroft kind of calling out his team a little bit, saying we can't be can't get off to these sloppy bad starts. You know, we can't. Uh, saying, you know, we can't dig ourselves that because, look, there's been two games in a row now. Edmonton's dug themselves an early hole in these games. The game against Vancouver, they fell behind early in the first period. And then, of course, Canucks had one of their uh, three collapses to begin the season, and Edmonton came back and won. And same thing against Calgary. You know, they got behind big early in that game. What was it? Four to one uh, for Calgary after the first period. And they, they battled their way back, but not enough. And they fell short four, three. So that's what Jay Woodcroft was saying after the Calgary loss. We can't get off to these slow starts consistently. We've got to start playing better in the opening period. So to be honest with you, I would kind of lean Edmonton first period puck line here tonight. I think it's actually worth a look uh, Edmonton first period puck line. I mean, the, the team's not happy you know, with these uh, slow starts. And uh, I assume we're going to see uh, Jack Campbell uh, back in uh, net for, no, it's going to be a Skinner again for the uh, Edmonton Oilers, uh, Stuart Skinner. And look, he played pretty well. He didn't give up a goal when he came into the uh, game on Saturday night for the Oilers after Jack Campbell got pulled. Now it wasn't all Jack's fault. They were sloppy with the puck, but at the same time, I thought there was one goal at least there he could have stopped. And Jay Woodcroft saw how well Skinner played in relief. And I think he's kind of going on a hunch right now that, hey, Skinner played really well to keep Calgary at four, you know, and give us a, ourselves a chance to get back into that game on Saturday night. So he's rewarding uh, Stuart Skinner uh, with another start here tonight for the uh, Oilers against the uh, Sabres. So I think that Edmonton first period puck line, I, I probably am going to hop on that. I like to look for these situations throughout the course of the season. I think I've, I've made these kind of bets, Alex, and recommended them a bunch where we have these spots where these teams are just, they know they've gotten off to bad starts and they, they now recognize this is now not once, but twice in a row this has happened where Edmonton has been falling behind in the first period. I think they want to do something about it tonight uh, here against Buffalo. So uh, I'm going to look toward Edmonton first period puck line minus a half plus one uh, 15 plus 120 plus 125 actually with that. Uh, in some spots. Uh, and uh, I like over six and a half. I, I'd still lean that way at seven, but if you didn't get the six and a half, I would say, as Alex often says on the show here, wait for a, maybe a live opportunity, see if this total drops, if it gets off to a slow start. Uh, Alex, what do you think here? Sabres, Oilers. Yeah, I'm kind of taking the combination of what you, uh, the two things you bet. I'm going to go first period over at two, uh, even money. Don't really like playing a whole lot of twos, but I think this is a, certainly a good spot for it. We had a good spot with it uh, last night in Columbus, or so, sorry, Colorado and Minnesota. That one uh, got o up and over. So I think we can do that here, especially with these two backups. Uh, and, you know, Skinner, like I said, had a great start, got the shutout, but we know he's one of those goalies that you can't just rely on game in, game out. He can he can kind of give you a Jekyll and Hyde, uh, you know, uh, a stretch of play. And Eric Comrie is just a goaltender I don't really trust uh, as well. So I can see Edmonton coming out hot. And we know when they get their offense rolling and early in a hurry, we know they can put on point uh, uh, plenty. Uh, so I, I could see two, three goals here for sure, just from Edmonton alone potentially. So uh, I lean with you on that first period puck line, but I'm going to go uh, with a little bit safer route and go over two in the first period at, at even money. 
Eric Comrie and net for Buffalo didn't actually play that bad against uh, Florida. Faced 37 shots, made 33 saves. Uh, but again, if Edmonton brings that focus and that intensity that we think they might from the opening puck drop, because this is a very good Edmonton hockey team, you know, they're not stupid. You know, they know that the first two games, they have not been ready to go uh, in the first period. And now, but again, they go from Vancouver, Calgary's a good team, and Buffalo is improving, but they're not at that level yet where they're a really good team. This is an opportunity for Edmonton to fix these slow starts and these bad first periods. We'll see uh, if they can do just that tonight uh, against uh, Buffalo. All right, uh, final game of this uh, Tuesday card, Los Angeles Kings, Nashville Predators. Uh, we've got Nashville minus 170 uh, home favorites uh, in this game, six the total uh, pretty much across the board in this one. You know, there's a bunch of these spots on the card where it's a clear situational advantage for one team. We talked about how it is for New Jersey, even though I don't trust them. It is for Ottawa uh, against Boston, and it is for Nashville here against L.A. I mean, they, have, they haven't played since back-to-back -back losses to the Dallas Stars, and now they're at home. I think you're going to want to see them play uh, pretty well uh, or bounce back, play a much better game here, and they get a L.A. team that's coming in off a wild back-and-forth, you know, a pretty exhausting hockey game. You know, back and forth, it went with the Detroit Red Wings last night. Uh, L.A. ends up getting the 5-4 uh, overtime victory. So it is going to be a little bit of a tricky spot uh, here for the Kings on the back-to-back. Uh, -back. It does set up well uh, for the uh, Nashville Predators. Uh, I don't know if I'll get to the window now with it because this line opened minus 145 all the way up to minus 170 now uh, in some spots. So if you like Nashville, you've really missed the best of the number. Um, I might look more toward – I do think the over could get there as well because we're seeing the Kings on this road trip, Alex. Defensively, they're giving up a lot, you know, and, you know, at home uh, they were playing things a little bit tighter to the vest. I find on the road they're playing a little more loosey goosey hockey, if you will, loose in their own end, uh, a little bit more uh, up and down the ice. Uh, both of their road games on this trip have gone over the total, the, the wild game uh, against Minnesota – uh, on Saturday, and then, of course, another over last night. So I do like this over at six here. It's gone up from five and a half to six. I would still recommend it at six. For a goal scorer prop, uh, Velarde for L.A. just continues to find the back of the net. I don't hate Kaliev either for a, a good value. I've mentioned him as well, but especially Gabe Velarde. He's already got three goals this year. I think that's a good player prop. You can never argue with Kempe, who, uh, who was one of the goal scorers last night. And for Nashville, you got to rock with Nino Niederreiter. This is the one guy that's really uh, producing offensively for them early in the year. Four goals already for uh, Nino Niederreiter. And now remember, this team has played four games, not two. They played uh, San Jose twice and Dallas twice. Uh, of course, the two San Jose games were in Prague, uh, the Czech Republic. But four goals in four games for Niederreiter. I think that's a good goal scorer prop uh, tonight for the uh, Nashville Predators. He has certainly fit in well here coming over from the uh, Carolina Hurricanes and given this team a little bit more of an offensive jolt. Uh, Alex, what do you think here, L.A., Nashville? Yeah, this is the, the late-night uh, ESPN start. I think this is going to be a fun game to watch, honestly. And, uh, you know, you said the Kings. I mean, that was an incredible game uh, last night. I actually watched the replay of, of that full game uh, overnight uh, with, with Detroit. Just incredible, you know, performance. And, and now L.A., back-to-back -back games where the, the nail-biters are now, you know, having to play a Nashville team that – you know, it's interesting. For years, we talked about how consistent uh, this team was defensively, but now they've gotten things rolling with their offense. Going back to last year, they've gone nine of their last 13 games over the total. 
so this one screams to me going over, but I like it in the first period. And it's funny, this is another game where we've seen the full game total move from five and a half to six, but we've actually seen the price on uh, the first period over drop from 145 down to 135. And I get that's a reaction to Soros being confirmed and that going up against uh, Cal Peterson. But I still think that these offenses are good enough to at least find uh, one goal each behind each of these these netminders. Uh, I think it's going to be a high-scoring affair. So I lean with the uh, the over for the full game, but I'm already on that first period over. Yeah, there's a type of bet that I, I'm really mad I haven't been on this bet uh, already this year. And it's a bet I was on a lot last year, especially later in the season and at playoff time. And I know Cheshire Cat, a couple people in our chat have mentioned this, both teams to score in the first period. You know, I've got to start looking at that again because I left money on the table last night with a couple of those where I was thinking about it and I didn't get around to bed. Colorado, Minnesota was one. I'm like, damn, why didn't I take first period (laughs) both teams to score Mm -hmm. there uh, in that game? Uh, It didn't play out the way I was hoping for there. But that was one of uh, many examples the last two, uh, a few days, especially where it's like, man, I got to remember to start looking at some first period, both teams to score. So with that in mind, uh, a couple games where I could see it coming through tonight, Buffalo Edmonton, for sure. LA Nashville as well. We just talked about it. I could see the both teams to score first period uh, being a good a way to go. Anaheim, New Jersey. Uh, I think a first I like period. That Boston, Ottawa, Boston, yeah. Ottawa as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Vancouver, Columbus, not so much. Cause I think, look, you got Vancouver, that game could be high scoring just because Vancouver just simply can't play consistent, good defense, but they're concerted the concerted effort to be better in their own zone. You would think it has to be there tonight for Vancouver. They had the players only meeting to hash this out, talk about it, get shit off their chest. You would think in theory that team's ready to dig in defensively from the opening puck drop tonight. So that's why I would maybe shy away from a first period, both teams to score in that game. I would look more toward, as Alex mentioned, Boston, Ottawa, Anaheim, New Jersey, Buffalo, Edmonton, L.A., Nashville. I think those are your four best candidates right there tonight for uh, both teams to score uh, in the first period. And you'll always get a plus price with that uh, as well. So, you know, you hit two. With, let's say those four games that we mentioned, two and two, it's profit. You know, it's you're going to make money uh, if you go two and two uh, with those uh, both teams to score in the uh, first period uh, on those four games. Again, we think uh, Boston, Ottawa, Anaheim, New Jersey, Buffalo, Edmonton, L.A., Nashville are good candidates tonight uh, for that both teams to score in the first period. All right, great stuff, great show. Uh, We appreciate everybody joining us here for another edition uh, of uh, the Ice Guys. Uh, Hit the like button uh, on the way out. We appreciate it very much. Over 250 viewers. Yeah, exactly. Great. We thank you. Thank everybody. Absolutely. Great amount of live viewers. We appreciate it. 255. Hit the like button for sure. Uh, we appreciate it very much. And by the way, Alex, I follow has just been placed on IR for LA. I failed to mention that with that Kings Predators game. So it's an unfortunate loss for them. I know he plays more in the third line so far this year, but still one of the players that they think are going to have a bright future for them long term. So it's tough to see that Alex, I follow uh, for the Kings now move to uh, injured reserve. Uh, as of uh, today. So uh, keep an eye on how long he's out for 
uh, the LA Kings. But uh, yeah, great show. We'll we'll get Brian Lee rescheduled. We'll do some testing with because it worked fine with Brian the last time he was on uh, in the playoffs. No problem at all with uh, getting onto a Streamyard and the computer was fine. So we'll get Brian back on another time. We've still got other guests by the way later this week. Uh, Mike Hamilton Thursday, Nate Repensky Friday, Kyle Bond on Saturday, Jay Rosehill next Tuesday. By the way, will be joining us uh, as well. Uh, you talk about a guy that didn't have bo- uh, boring fights, dull fights. That was one guy that did not have many dull fights. Uh, he dropped the gloves. They were swinging. Uh, so looking forward to having him on the show next Tuesday for sure. Which And also next Tuesday, a reminder, BetCast, our first Ice Guys Live BetCast of the season. Next Tuesday, a week from today, Tuesday, October 25th, starting at 7 p.m. Eastern time. Same as all last year. If you want to join us on the BetCast, uh, DM me or Alex. Uh, and we will make sure we send you a link for the BetCast to join us. Bring your favorite adult beverages, yeah. drink. We watch the games. We place a shit ton of live bets. It's just a lot of fun. It's a pub atmosphere, a bar atmosphere with those live BetCasts. And looking forward to having our first of the new season next Tuesday. Yeah, absolutely. And everybody also make sure to check out patreon.com slash guys. We got that rocking and rolling now the way that we want to. We've got uh, power rankings from both of us. I've got my goalie charts. Uh, we've also got a bookmark list, uh, links that every NHL better should bookmark. These are just websites that we use in our everyday, uh, handicapping people have emailed me and, and tweeted me about this question for years. And I've always said, you know, I want to get a comprehensive list together. So Ian and I have put that together. That's on the page as well. We've got some more bonus content coming up as well. We're going to be doing some videos and, uh, just a lot of fun, different things. So definitely it's worth subscribing to now. Uh, I know a lot of people in the past were kind of wondering with different things about the Patreon. This is, it's worth its weight now for sure. Patreon.com slash ice guys, just $10 a month. Yeah, exactly. You'll get uh, power ratings, goalie charts. Uh, Chris Otto, we thank him for providing his uh, totals charts for the uh, period-by-period totals charts. Those are on Patreon as well. We've got the daily cards for the Ice Guys show. Uh, you name it. Uh, we're gonna ha- and we're gonna have bonus content like special things like. Uh, yeah, I'm going to get my broadcaster rankings uh, going for the local broad. I'm finally going to post that and do a video about it. And that's going to be in November. We'll be doing, right. you know, stuff like that. Just yeah, bonus yeah. extra content, not always about betting either, just no. hockey in general. So it's going to be a lot of fun. The reverse retro jerseys by Adidas actually drop in two days. So I'll be doing my full ranking and I'll have a video of that as well. So like I said, it'll be, it's going to be hockey centric. It's not all just betting stuff. It's, it's going to be a lot of, of fun things. I think everybody will really enjoy it. Yeah, no doubt. So check that out on uh, Patreon and check out nationalhockeynow.com as well. Great website. We've got uh, several team websites there. Great resource for all the teams that have the team sites right now, and they're consistently adding them. You get great information, the beat writers and reporters, including our very own Jimmy Murphy, who we hope to have on uh, very soon. Uh, Definitely uh, do a great job there. So check that out, patreon.com slash iceguys and uh, nationalhockeynow as well, nationalhockeynow.com. All right. Best bets to wrap up this Tuesday edition of the Ice Guys. Alex, we'll start with you. Uh, what do you like for best bet? Get my camera back. There we go. Yeah, we're going to go with that L.A. Nashville first period over tonight. That's the, the ESPN late game. Uh, you know, the Kings have just been rolling with these overs. It's been a lot of fun to watch. Uh, leave it to a team from Hollywood to, you know, bring some drama to the ice, right? And uh, Nashville, they always play well at home. I think they're going to try to get things rolling a little bit more so offensively. Like I said, they've been uh, trending as an over team all year. So uh, I like that first period over. I think it's a good price to only land $1.35 to go over one and a half with the Kings and the Preds tonight. That's my best bet. All right, there we go. Uh, Kings and Preds over 
uh, in the first period, over one and a half for Alex uh, B. Smith, minus 135 uh, for his uh, best bet tonight. Uh, my best bet will not be the Vancouver Canucks tonight. Uh, just uh, definitely not going to be after last night. That was tough to see it go down like that. Very frustrating, but uh, we'll see if we can bounce back tonight. And look, I'm going to come back with best bet on a team that treated me very well on Saturday when I used them as a best bet. And I'm going to come back to them tonight in regulation. Let's go with those Calgary Flames. They are red hot like a flame right now to begin the year. It doesn't get more impressive than 2-0 and beating Colorado and Edmonton to start out the season uh, 2-0. and uh, We're going to come right back to the well tonight with the Calgary Flames, minus 104 uh, in regulation uh, against Vegas. Uh, that is going to be my best bet uh, for this Tuesday NHL card. And that'll wrap up this edition of the Ice Guys. We thank everybody uh, for joining us in the chat. Hit the like button uh, on the way out. And again, the podcast will be posted uh, much quicker uh, than last year in previous seasons. So uh, make sure you tune in. If you can't watch the show live, we are live Monday to Friday, 2 p.m. Eastern, Saturday and Sunday, noon Eastern. If you can't watch the Ice Guys show live, download the Ice Guys podcast on all major podcast platforms, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, and now Amazon Music as well has us. Uh, on the ice guys podcast as well so we I, are literally everywhere with the podcast i tweeted version. i tweeted that out too and uh, i put it on our instagram as well if you can uh you know somebody takes a video of them asking alexa to play the ice guys podcast uh get that recorded send it to us and we might be able to give you some free merch there you go that's all you got to do say hey alexa uh you know uh, or some of my friends actually they, they don't they don't treat alexa very well go, well some of my friends actually they, <laughs> yeah. they take it and say, hey bitch do this <laughs> yeah sometimes it doesn't always work sometimes a couple yeah. i got a couple of friends who have that as well and they have to scream at it about three or four times over. yeah exactly but if you, you uh, up with the not, lack of response yeah, <laughs> yeah things get a little testy yeah yeah but but if you can't if you can get it to work and you can have her uh play uh the ice guys on on, on apple on amazon music uh like i said yeah definitely try to give us a, a video of that, that i think it's really cool that we're on that now finally yeah, it is. Absolutely. So make sure you check out the podcast whenever uh, you can't watch the uh, show uh, live. Uh, it is, it's, it's, uh, we enjoy it for sure. And the podcast version, again, is there for uh, whenever you can't watch the show live with us here daily uh, on YouTube. All right, great stuff. Uh, thanks to everyone for joining us on this Tuesday edition of the Ice Guys. For Alex B. Smith, I'm Ian Cameron. Have a great Tuesday night. Enjoy the games and good luck. And we will talk to you again tomorrow on Wednesday. For another edition of the Ice Guys presented by the by National Hockey Now.